Hey, and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. Thanks for joining me today as we walk through the New Testament one chapter at a time and, and really take a moment to focus on one portion of the, each chapter and, and think a little bit more deeply about the application side of, of our Bible reading plan at Valley Christian Fellowship. Now today we are in Acts chapter 15, which is a chapter that is full of conflict. And, uh, and who doesn't have conflict? I mean, we all find ourselves from time to time in different moments of conflict, and that's no different with the early church. In fact, some of the conflict that they were experiencing was conflict about salvation and what was required for someone to be saved. In fact, in this chapter, they, they wrestle with whether or not the Jewish rite of circumcision was required for those who were Gentile believers in Christ for them to be saved. And they, they actually come to this conclusion that that is not required because, well, because faith alone. But then we get to a part where there is there is some, uh, I guess I would say, expectation. There is some, some decision made about the parameters, the moral parameters for those Gentile believers. Now, when we get to this text, some of this will make sense, but I want to start by front-loading this and, and explaining that these Gentile believers were coming out of a, a, a very pagan uh, worship system. That this is a pagan worship system that relied heavily on, on the sacrifice of animals, and then that meat would be sold in the meat market. This was a, a, uh, a, a practice that relied on uh, animals at times not just even being sacrificed, but even being strangled. And, um, and, and there was even uh, sometimes in this, this pagan cultist or this pagan worship system, there would be um, like like sexual practices that were were included in their their worship system, and so with these believers coming uh, from that background, a background that was very you think about their mindset and the way they went about worshiping, um, and now they're worshiping the one true God and through Christ and through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, and th this big issue has just been resolved that they don't have to be they don't have to be circumcised in order to be saved, but now the this council they they make some decisions about advice and instruction to give to these Gentile believers coming into the church, and this is wonderful advice because what it does is it it, it leads them toward holiness. And at the same way, it doesn't add anything for their salvation. And at the same time, it also, it, it meets the need between the Jewish sensibilities um, and the, the uh, maybe difficulties that a Jewish person would, would have in being part of worship with someone who is Gentile, <clears throat> who is practicing all these pagan rites and rituals. And so let me, let me show you, uh, we're just going to handle a little bit of the text today, but, but I want us to try to put on our, a mindset that understands how this advice is leading the Gentiles away from their entrenched practices that were, um, it's everything they were used to. And it's leading them not just toward Judaism, but toward a Christ-honoring morality. Let me show you what I mean. Acts chapter 15, verses 28 through 31, it says, this is what they decided. It says, for it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. So no circumcision, right? These are the requirements that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, 
you will do well. Farewell. Now, these four things, and they're all kind of tied together. These four things is keep yourselves from these things. Abstain from these practices. Uh, these are these are practices that were just they were entrenched in as part in part of their life. And the advice is that they keep their themselves from these, and then they will do well. This is not keep yourselves from these, and you will be saved, right? And it says so. When they were sent off, they went down to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And so these Gentile believers, they end up receiving this letter, and they rejoice. This is not a burden to them. They rejoice because of this this pastoral advice and instruction that is given to to these Gentile believers. Now, if we back up here, these practices, these practices... Uh, are leading the people away from their cultural, everyday, ordinary lifestyle and toward a a God-centered, a Christ-centered lifestyle. Now, part of why I want to talk about this is, is, first of all, I want us to remember that there are not these things being added for salvation. Salvation is when we trust in Jesus and his death and resurrection. That is where we find our salvation, and, and that's it, period. Trusting in Jesus and his death and resurrection. You don't add anything to your salvation. You don't say, okay, I'm going to do. I'm gonna stop doing these things so I can be saved. No, it's we are saved, and then that salvation, as the Spirit works, we stop doing these things. But, but I want us to think about the the culture we're surrounded in and the culture we're surrounded by these gentile believers were surrounded by a very paganistic culture and and they were entrenched in these pay the pagan sacrificial system these theme the, the things they did seemed so normal to them and, and, and it, this this text it says it, it seemed good to the spirit to lay no other burden except these requirements. The spirit is leading them. It's not commanding saying you must do this to be saved. No, but it's leading them out of their culture, out of their cultural practices, and into a God honoring, Christ centered, spirit led faith. Now I, I want us to consider this for a moment because. I want us to think for for a little bit today, what are the cultural practices that you and I live with that are absolutely normal and and so common that we, we are just so accustomed to participating in those practices that we don't realize that, that, that they're not good for our soul. What are the things that the Spirit is is leading us away from that are just we're entrenched in in our culture, but the Spirit's leading us away from so we can live a a God-honoring, Christ-centered, Spirit-led life? Let's just think about some of these things. How about our entertainment? How, How accustomed are we to seeing things in entertainment that don't honor God at all? And we just say, you know, it's part of our culture. I, I know I have done that before. I've watched TV shows and, and then after the fact, I've, I've just had these moments where I've thought, I don't think I'm honoring the Lord. By the way, I'm watching shows like this. And it's, it's, it's changed the trajectory of, of how I approach entertainment. What about the music we listen to? Uh, if you're a young person, I know that music typically it is just... 
It is such a draw to you because it's so popular and all the kids around you are listening to to whatever they find on, on Spotify, whatever the newest hit is. But, but, but let me ask you to consider, are, are the things you're listening to, are, are they actually things, thoughts, ideas, worldview, practices, the things being described in your music, are they actually things that that aid you in living a God-honoring, Christ-centered, spirit-led life? Or are they things that draw you more toward the culture and draw you away from the things of the Lord? I know this is a really hard decision to make sometimes. I, I know that we have to weigh our, 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 and, and wrestle with the, the things that we we absorb and the media that we take in. But I, I love the way this text says, for it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. And then it addresses the cultural issues that keep them from following Christ. What are the cultural issues for you? How about the way you talk? How about the way you treat other people? How about the way we educate our children? We, we, we are just default. Education oftentimes is sent them to public schools. Well, if we look at what that does to many people of the faith, it oftentimes it leads them away from following Christ. That, that's the default. I wonder if, if the, the Spirit would lead us in a different direction there. Now, I'm not making any commands here, but I'm, but I'm simply just asking us to think through what is the cultural situation that we live in and what potentially are the things that we just take for granted as the default. <laughs> Social media, let's talk about that. I mean, the default of the way life works, that we should regularly step back and say, what direction is this leading me? Is this leading me toward a, a God-honoring, Christ-centered, spirit-led life? Or is this leading me toward a path that, that leads me toward rebellion? That leads me in, un, in unrighteous, unholy living? Leads me to not think of Christ, not live with a, an affection for Jesus, not live out my allegiance to Jesus? Uh, I think if we take some time and think through these questions, we will find... We will find that Christ is better anyway than anything else we've been pursuing. And we will find when we cut out those things of this world that so so easily draw us in, we will find that we're not missing anything at all. In fact, we're trading the lesser for the greater as we grow in the knowledge and, and in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ.